Welcome to Workplace Trends with Liz Elam. I'm Liz Elam, your host. I'm also the founder of Juicy. Juicy is an online membership community of co-working founders, an international conference series, and a global network of spaces called Juicy Places. When I'm not running Juicy, I'm consulting with the Deco Group and attending the University of Houston's graduate program in Foresight. I'm obsessed with the future of work. And in this season, we're talking about just that, the future. Let's dive in. Hey, welcome back, everybody. I am so excited to have one of our Juicy speakers, great friend of Juicy, Lisa Sky of Primary with us today. Hey, Lisa. Hi, Liz. How are you? <laughs> I mean, how are you like, as, a, as a human being? I'm always better when I'm with you, Oh, uh, but I'm good. I just rode the crazy pandemic wave for the last 18 months and, you mm-hmm. know, primary, we, we filed a chapter 11 uh, mm-hmm. to restructure and we were in it for 15 months and we've successfully come through it officially. Wow. Congratulations. That's massive, massive. Huge. Yeah. Wow. I bet that is such a relief. Massive relief. You can't, you can't imagine. It's so good. I, I mean, I, the only thing that allowed me to sleep at night over the last 18 months is knowing that I'm one of millions of entrepreneurs and business owners that were in this ocean on different size ships, so to speak, and with different levels of comfort and cushion. But the chapter 11 was a strategic move and we've been able to come through it and primary will survive now and thrive in the years to come. And that's uh, the Love it. And for those of you that don't know, Primary is one of the only bases that is doing what I think is such a smart move in future-proofing themselves by focusing on wellness. Can you tell me about the health and wellness components? Sure, of course. Well, as you know, but for the purposes here, I was with WeWork in the very beginning and opened their first two locations with them and then left and was involved in some other real estate related endeavors and always knew though, after I left that at one point I wanted to open my own, it was unclear about how we'd be different. And so primary, uh, which is named primary because we believe philosophically that if you make your primary focus yourself, your body, your well-being, everything in your life, including your business can thrive. Uh, We decided to create a beautiful space where at arm's reach, our members have the tools to be able to care for their bodies. So there's an on-site studio where we host yoga, meditation, and bootcamp classes. There's an on-site cafe with healthy food and beverage options. And the aesthetic in and of itself, there's lots of live greenery, preserved moss walls, you know, large-scale photographic scenic imagery that allows you to feel calm and zen and ultimately allows you to be focused and productive at work. The Peloton bike room, showers and locker rooms, high ceilings, lots of light. So all of the things that make you want to spend time at work, though, if you work productively and in a focused way, ironically, you don't have to spend 24-7 at work. You can go out and have your life also outside of work, which is what we want for people too. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's one thing I've been talking about for years is how if you focus on health and wellness, you're really future-proofing your brand because it is becoming more and more important as the whole world has embraced that mental health is a real thing and something we all need to be paying attention to. And I think it's just such a smart way to differentiate your brand. And, you know, that's one of the things that I kind of called out as I was thinking about the co-working megatrends for next year is I talk about how important brand is and how important important it is to differentiate yourself because 
because there's going to be so many options out there and there's so many more coming. So knowing who you are, what your one thing is, is so important because everybody's got free coffee. Everybody's got meeting rooms. Everybody's got desks. Like when I see that on our list of amenities, I'm like, those aren't your amenities. Those are the basics. 100%. I agree. Yeah. The differentiator is key for me as someone who has a background uh, in the hospitality industry. I had the good fortune of working with Danny Meyer uh, at Union Square Cafe and helping to open 11 Madison Park 20 years ago, literally 1999, 22 <laughs> years ago. It's a, a big part of the fabric of who I am and, and my, my professional pedigree. And so we have always believed that if you, though, from an execution standpoint, are sort of head down, focused on executing at a high level um, attend high level attention to detail. You know, what would, what would they do in the four seasons? <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I like to say sometimes, and some days it's like, it feels like two or three seasons in our space, but most of the days we're aspiring to achieve all four seasons <laughs> <laughs> and execute at the highest level. But I think, I think for sure, you know, going back to your point about mental health, as soon as the, the pandemic was sort of official, one of the first emails that I sent out to our community was along the lines of wanting to ensure that we really encourage everyone to eat well, sleep well, exercise, you know, think of the ways mm-hmm. that they can do the things that light them up and make them happy because ultimately that's what allows your immune system to be less stressed and therefore less compromised. And you can combat not only this disease, but all diseases. And you can, mm-hmm. again, work best, right? Our motto is you work best when you feel great. So I think creating these spaces where people can feel great is critical. Definitely, definitely. And you know, one of the the other things that we've looked at for next year is there seems to be like an amenities race. Like one of the ways to differentiate yourself is various amenities. Are you guys exploring any new amenities you can share with us? Are you thinking about anything? Some of the ones we hear a lot are podcast rooms, maybe babysitting, concierge service, private dining rooms. Like I really love what Bond Zero has done in New York. Have you checked them out? They're a new private membership club that's super high end and all the movie stars are going there, but they've got their amenity game is amazing. Yeah. I, I, we don't have anything specific in the works. I wish I could say we did. That's not going to sound great on your podcast here, but you know, a lot of the things that people are moving towards offering, as you can hear, we've, we've been offering for years. And so I think just doubling down on what we've offered and ensuring that people are again, happy and and engaged Mm -hmm. with what we're offering. I'd rather offer less amenities, have a higher level of engagement than have too many and not have uh, enough engagement. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Another area that we're kind of looking at is it feels like as, you know, everybody moves to hybrid work and remote work and people are trying to find out where to go and what to do. I feel like culture is going to be a real struggle for a lot of corporations. And one of my hypotheses is that co-working will end up kind of being a default culture for a lot of companies because it's a place that you can you know, drop some employees into and they can, you know, live off the culture of primary. They don't have to live off the culture of of company X or whatever. And was just curious what your thoughts are on that and what kind of culture you guys like to create at primary. 
Well, the first word that comes to my mind, of course, is is connection, and I think that that's what I hear you saying is that companies, if, if their their employees are feeling disconnected because they are mm-hmm. physically disconnected and no longer in a headquarter hub, and they're working closer to home and in therefore various co working locations, how can they feel connected? Well. I would think that the the smart companies will seek out the co-working or flex office space brands that again have this sort of maybe high level attention to detail, but specifically as it relates to the hospitality component and and the the culture, as you're saying. And so to me, again, going back to my hospitality pedigree, mm-hmm. you know, it's one of the things that I re- respect a lot about industrious because I know that they have a hospitality focused mm-hmm. mindset and brand focus. And I I think that Liz, it always has come back to the basics for me is when you walk into a restaurant, for example, you don't want to look, the the prepared maitre d' has evaluated the reservation sheet, knows the names of who's coming in so that Mm -hmm. when Mr. Smith walks in, the maitre d' maintains eye contact. You don't all of a sudden see the top of the head of the maitre d' because they're searching for the reservation. They were anticipating the person coming in. They, They greet them with a warm hello. They know them by name or they remember because of notes um, and again, attention to detail, where they like to sit, who they like to have weight on them. And so I think in in the office space um, setting, I like to say we bring hospitality to everyday life. When you go to work, you don't necessarily expect the, the person in a flex office space solution to know your name, your business name, what projects you're working on, what you like to do on the weekend, what your children's names are, you know, all how's this going? Oh, and by the way, you're an interior designer. We just had an architect move in last week. I'd love to make that strategic introduction for you. You know, those those engaged hospitality sort of features, the more that you can work with your team in a flex office space, the more that you create, again, that impact feeling and experience really for your, your clients. So many great points there, Lisa. It was, it's so interesting to me. I was observing a co-working space last week and people weren't greeted when they came in. And I saw that as just this massive fail. And then speaking of restaurants, I'm amazed how often they've just hired, you know, college student X who is turning away valuable, amazing people because they don't know who they are, right? And so, yeah, it's like the hospitality, it's not easy, but if you can do it right, oh my gosh, there was a space we saw in Denver and they they just interviewed people, right? And they found out kids' birthdays and important life events and they really got integrated with their people and their people don't leave because they are so seen and so heard and so appreciated. And even to the even down to when they make them a smoothie, they know who likes what in their smoothie. And yeah. it's like, yeah, it's a lot of work, but you know what? So is turnover. <laughs> well, you highlight a good point, right? Key keyword there, a lot of work. And so, yes, it takes time, effort, energy to be intentional about the way that we work as, as operators. And so you're actually highlighting a point that I made with our team last week that in, in a lot of flex office space provider locations, you might go in a client perspective, client might go in for a tour and the salesperson, so to speak, is so focused on 
okay, what size office do you need? What's your budget? And when do you want to move in? And they immediately start with those three where we say, come in, welcome, you know, first offer a drink, beverage, right? Some basic hospitality, mm-hmm. but then, you know, let's sit down first together before mm-hmm. we even walk through the space. Tell us more about you. Mm-hmm. What is your business? What do you do? Where are you now? And why are you thinking of making a change? You know, so we can really already learn a lot of things about this prospective member before we've even stood up to get to why they're there, which of course is to have workspace. So, but people are taken aback by that. They don't expect you to really know who they are. (laughs) Yeah. When I, and, and there, there are those people who generally are real estate brokers who won't do that. And they just want to be like, tell me how much it is and where it is and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, those are the people I tended to shy away from, but I like you, same thing. I was like, you look them in the eye, you shake your, your hand, you welcome them, you offer them something to drink. And then we we had a script we followed. And, you know, and the only one I think we asked that you, I'm sure do, but didn't mention was we said, how did you find out about us? Because sure, we course. always want to know where the lead came from, because we want to do more of that, whatever that is. 100%. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that I think has really irrevocably changed due to COVID is the real estate industry. You know, you can't just buy a building and hack it up anymore and demand 15-year leases and you're done. Like every single real estate owner investor is looking at co-working like they never have before. It's an expected amenity in buildings now. And I'm just curious, specifically because you're in New York, you know, what do you, what do you think and what do you see for the real estate market in New York? That's an interesting question. I, I mean, you already kind of hit a few of the points on the head there where, you know, you know, a lot of the landlords are looking at launching co-working brands, so to speak, of their own or, or offering shorter term flexible options. You know, when we've looked at the deals that have gotten done over the last year, here in New York, I mean, in a market where traditionally you were seeing, like you said, 10, 15, 20 year leases, you now see landlords with significant portfolios that are offering five year, three year terms. You know, when I started to see more three year term deals getting done, I said, wow, this is this is landlords saying, okay, we they too are uncertain about what the future holds, but they have an abundance of space to fill. We're at an all-time vacancy high in New York City right now. I think New York is a little bit of a unique market. I was just talking about this with our mutual friend, Sean Black, you know, who's worked in the commercial leasing side of the business for, you know, 25 years, probably in New York City and worked with WeWork briefly. And we were talking about how New York City is a unique market in that there are actually so many familial ownership bases, Mm -hmm. sort of there's large businesses, and then there's a bunch of families that own a tremendous amount of business or buildings in New York City. And so they kind of have... I don't want to say like free reign of, of what, of what to do, but they, the, the pockets are so deep. The access to cash and capital is so vast that they, a lot of them can afford to sit on their real estate for a while. And they may be sitting on their real estate for a while. It's a TBD crystal ball question. What's going to happen in New York, but outside of New York city, I think that you're going to continue to see in these more suburban markets or even here where I am right now in Miami, that, um, 
these landlords want to start offering co-working space, even if it's only on one floor in their building, because by the way, then for any deals that they do that are five or 10 year, a little bit lengthier to have that communal space, co-working space, additional meeting room space, amenity space, et cetera, in the building, it's a value add. Mm -hmm. Now there's a a lot of times, you know, my building and where we are down by the charging bull in New York city, our landlord will walk prospective tenants for slightly longer term leases for the rest of the building through our space because they get to see, oh, if I needed extra meeting room space, if I needed communal space, if I needed mm-hmm. extra memberships or a cafe, I could come to, to primary where it's beautiful. My employees could come work. So uh, yeah, I, I still think it's a little bit of a crystal ball specifically in New York City, but no doubt things are changing for traditional landlords around the country, around the world. Yeah. Yeah, 100%, 100%. And, you know, what, another thing that I think is going to happen, and I'm curious to to see what you think about this, is I think, you know, we've already seen CBRE invest in Industrious and Cushman invested in New York. I think we're going to see more real estate investment in co-working brands. I think we're going to see consolidation across co-working brands where people are going to try to cobble together more national brands and more global brands. What what do you think as far as, is it now time for consolidation or is it still a little too early? I think it's already happening and it's been, it's been happening and as a result of the pandemic specifically. And I think that going back to the conversation here about landlords that we just had, that landlords will launch, and it already happened in New York, where they launched their own individual one or two location brand, but they're traditional landlords. They're not experienced operators. They don't ultimately want to be involved with the hospitality side of the business and you know, making sure that they're catering to the needs of high demand <laughs> clients. Adult daycare. Know. It's adult daycare. Yeah, they, they don't want that. And so what they'll do is then turn to an industrious or turn to a bond collective that has, you know, 13 locations around the country and, you know, or J Suites or, you know, someone that has an established brand, has been an operator for 10 years plus, knows what the heck they're doing. And then, you know, they'll create management deals and partnership deals. I, I think that's what's going to continue to happen. These management deals are 100% the way that it's going. And on from the lender side, you know, th- this is what we keep hearing is that you know the the traditional lenders are potentially don't yet have the appetite for financing the building or underwriting the building with co-working in place but they're going to start to shift their appetite a bit in that they're going to say, oh yeah, okay, let me look at the financial model of the co-working space that occupies 25 or 50% of your building and we will underwrite it knowing that this is what the world wants is flexibility in office space and banking on 70 to 90% occupancy is probably a high likelihood of that, that being the case of what's happening yeah. in the building from a financial, you know, and, and revenue standpoint. Yeah. And it was funny. I was, I was actually talking to Sean. I, Sean, do you like Sean and I were talking about that a lot? <laughs> yeah. So Sean and I were talking this morning and he was saying, Basically that he thought the it was getting too crowded. And I was like, oh no, there's so much demand coming. It's fine. In fact, I expect to see more brands come up. And I actually really hope, and I know this is something you're passionate about as well. I'm actually really hoping that we see some more brands from women come about because... You know I wanted to say that too. Yeah, 100%. because we lost the wing. We lost Riveter. A lot of women have exited for a lot of very 
various reasons, very few exited successfully. I'm one of two that I know, you know, sold and made money. And that's yeah. a bad statistic. And totally I agree with you. 100%. Yeah. Like where are the women brands? Yeah. hundred percent. I agree with you. Well, you know, it's no, it's worth noting in this podcast though, that the Riveter and the wing also were not traditional office space foundationally, like we work, like industrious, they were more membership club based with communal open spaces. You know, that's mm-hmm. a lot of times for anyone who's you know new to the to educating themselves in our industry, I would say, you know, co-working by definition, originally that term refers to a large open space where people are working together. Whereas, you know, now we're referring more and more to flex, flexible office space, right? Shared office space, executive suites is what it historically was, was more commonly referred to as, you know, when we're referencing like Regis's, you know, or um, HQ, right? I think. And so I think that it would be great to have a woman, a female-led traditional flex office space operator out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that is something that I think is really uh, missing in our industry. And, you know, with all the focus on diversity and inclusivity and all that, like, where the heck is that in our industry? It's coming. Yeah. So you and I, if anyone will make sure that it happens, it's you and me. That's right, girl. <laughs> okay. So what have I missed in talking about the future? Like, what are you seeing in 2022 for co-working and flexible workspace? I'm seeing out of control, tremendous growth. Well, I'm seeing the the creative solutions that business owners are wanting to have uh, access to, meaning or hybrid solution, I should say, because we still have some larger companies and companies that were like, you know, one one company was 30, 35 people pre-pandemic and now they're 80 plus and they're still not back in a, an office full time. They are booking offices, large offices, multi-days at a time, meeting rooms, large meeting rooms, multi-days at a time, but they haven't fully committed even to a month-to-month permanent space for people to come leave their things behind and then go home. They're still contemplating what they want the solution to be. And so that's what we're seeing, tremendous growth in that department, inquiries for single day in an office, in the co-working space, multi-days in meeting rooms. And we just revamped our website so that people can more easily see all of the different, you know, the 13 different meeting rooms that we have, different sizes and ability to book them quickly because that's what we see people want. Yeah, for sure. Meeting rooms are through the roof. That's where a ton of the growth is. Yeah, hundred percent. And I, I think that um, operators who have in these markets like New York, where you have lots of different neighborhoods, you know, here in Miami, I'm starting to learn about it a little little bit more also where you have people who want to be in certain areas of Miami or areas of New York City. And if you have an operator that does have six, eight, 10 locations, so that this way they can have access to office space that is even more centrally located as it relates to their employees' homes, Mm -hmm. respective homes, that's helpful. You know, if someone can have sort of an all-access pass, if you will, right? Like how you have your gym membership, right? Yeah, Juicy Places is, 
you know, operator to operator, extending a 20% discount. And that allows you to compete with the likes of a Regis or a WeWork by saying, oh, we're part of a global network. You can travel with us. When you go to Sydney, you can pop into Hub Australia. So we we have built that for, you know, the co-working owners of the world. And I know Primary is on it and we're super grateful for that because we love it. Yes, 100%. What it's, uh, I think, a great solution and one that that a lot of business owners are looking at right now. Well, yeah. And like travel is going to be back, like back. I've already got multiple trips booked next year and I'm super excited to get on planes and go everywhere. I know you are too. 100%. Also, you know what I think is noteworthy too? And I know it's already been noted on LinkedIn and a bunch of different posts and new articles coming out, but Ryan Simonetti from Convene noted somewhere this last week that technology is just critical. And as we can all see now, we even when we're in the same city with someone, we could be 10, 15 minute drive away and we may still opt to have a Zoom conversation so that we can save ourselves that yeah. 30 minutes. And by the way, in that 30 minutes, what can you do, Liz? You can do a meditation. You can do a yoga mm-hmm. class, go on a quick walk. You can do the things that are making your primary focus yourself and your body to take care of yourself. So you work more productively and effectively get to have more quality time with people who you love in your life, you know, friends mm-hmm. and family. And, and so I think the technology being able to have high speed internet access to zoom meetings with your fellow coworkers and, and prospective clients is, is also critical. You know, yeah. So I don't, I don't remember if it was the New York times or the wall street journal that said like the biggest fail is doing zoom back at the office, like being required to go back to the office. And then all you do is get on zoom. Totally. Huge fail, huge fail. Because yeah. the thing is, is like, um, you know, the thing that's gone through the roof, of course, during the pandemic is the loneliness epidemic. And, you know, Zoom is lonely and isolating and people still need human connection. And I don't care how great your hologram is. It's not the same You know what? I'm having this sort of aha moment here when you're asking what else is trending and what else is super critical, important as we go into the years ahead. I'll tell you, there's this incredible brand called ThankView. Um, The founder, they just are merging with another company, but the brand ThankView is going to continue. So ThankView and JDBB is the principal. And you know what they've done is that they have dispersed all of their employees are now, you know, allow, allow their employees to disperse around the country and now around the world. Their office manager, Liz, is actually based in El Salvador. And now two of their other employees want to move to El Salvador as a result, and they're going to let them. And and what I'll tell you is that this office manager, and this is the aha moment I was having, is that for some of the the savings on rent as a line item in your P&L, you use that to hire an office manager that really is a community and culture manager that thinks of all the creative ways that you can band your, your team together make them feel more connected, work better together, learn everything they can insatiably, you know, get curiosity, get them on to culture building, reading books, whatever it is, and then infusing that into the, the culture of your business so that that way, you know, people are happier coming to work, right? And mm-hmm. retention is higher. People are happier. You know, I mean, I would think that that's a great, great place to invest money right now. A culture... Yeah. Yeah, that's a really, really good point. I think there's going to be a lot more people hired with a lot more interesting titles who build culture, build community, facilitate connection, because those are the things that we really need and are missing. Yes. 
mental yeah. keeps us mentally healthy and happy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what I see happening is I see that corporations continue to kind of maneuver and adjust and they're slow to make change. I see real estate stumbling and bumbling around for a while. They'll probably, hopefully, you know, I think the really smart folks in real estate do partner with co working brands because, you know, if you have a really great coffee shop, do you then go open one as a building owner? No. You hire a really great brand to come run a coffee shop out of your building. So don't go into the co-working business. Stay in your lane and buy buildings and leave co-working up to the experts. P.S. It's really messy and hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then I think, you know, with things like the GSA contract and all these people coming into our offices, I think the growth is positively explosive. I think we can't, once again, build them fast enough for the demand coming our way. I've been saying that since 2012. You are ahead of the time. It's why you're the queen of co-working. That's right. And a futurist. I do have a crystal ball, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Lisa, it was so great to spend a little bit of time in your energy. Thank you so much for sharing your insights into the next year. We can't wait to see what you do and where you go. And it's always a pleasure. Thank you, my friend. Yeah, Hospitality Plus, that's my hot tip for everyone, I think, to sur- to continue surviving and thriving. Yep, absolutely. Well, y'all stay tuned. We've got just a little bit more. Thank you for listening to this episode of Workplace Trends with Liz Elam. I'm Liz Elam, your host. You can learn more about all things Juicy has to offer at Juicy.co, which is G-C-U-C dot C-O. Don't forget to like this podcast and subscribe to the Juicy podcast. Stay tuned. We have more episodes on the way. Ciao.